Welcome to the Fourth Dimension with Toby C., where participants dare to disclose bizarre experiences that occur in early recovery. The battle between good and evil, of God and of the occult. The psychic challenges we all encounter when trying to do the right thing. Now, here's Toby. Hey, welcome back. It's Toby C. The name of the show is called The Fourth Dimension. It's a concept show. Yeah, it's a concept show about recovery. It's one of the many shows that you might hear on radio. This is actually a one-hour live show uh, designed for radio, but we're probably going to be on the podcast. The concept is you're not going to hear this recovery show talk a lot about God uh, or a God of our understanding or a power greater than ourselves. We're going to be talking about the antithesis of God. The Fourth Dimension with Toby C. talks about evil. The theme of the show is evil resistance that so many of us encounter in early recovery. How about that? It's a real simple theme. I want to welcome our guest today, Marie B. Welcome, Marie. Hi, Toby. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Where are you currently from right now? The San Diego area? Yeah, is that San your, Diego. Yeah, but you're mm-hmm. from the Seattle area? Mm-hmm. Washington, yeah. yeah. Yeah, right on. So take a deep breath here. You know, we're going to be taking Marie back on a little magical mystery tour, back to her earliest memories of recovery. And... Um, and maybe a little little warm up to what led to recovery. Mm-hmm. And what we're gonna do is we're gonna try to to be open-minded to, um, to some of the bizarre, weird things that happened to you, Marie, when you first attempted to get better. And um, you know, maybe at the time, like so many of us, I know my experience was that I was, um, I was too busy blaming this bizarre uh, situation either on him or her or it, or blaming myself, or blaming God, you know, or just a mere coincidence. I never imagined that there might be another player involved in this, uh, in the scene mm-hmm. of this production. And uh, the other player that we're going to be trying to illuminate and recognize here is the devil. How about that? And mm-hmm. by the way, you know, if you're, if you're joining us, listen, this show is not about the devil, okay? It's, it's merely to have some form of awareness of the existence of the devil, okay? There it is, to have an awareness of the existence of the devil. And that's what Marie and I are going to be doing, is talking about these, these bizarre situations that maybe, just maybe, there was the existence of evil. There was the, the existence of some de- demonic bad spirit. Whatever you want to call it, it was nefarious, it was vile, it was wicked, it was sadistic. It didn't have our, our best interest in mind, did it? No, it did not. <laughs> better believe it. I leave, I, at least I let you get a word in edgewise during the monologue. Oh, hey, let me just go. finish up with my warm-up, because the listener's got to know what this is about. By the way, if the figure of the devil is missing, one also loses sight of the figure of God himself, Okay or itself, if you want to just keep it general and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, gender, gender neutral, okay? But, uh, the old, you know, we hear so much about God, you know, God did for me what I could not do for myself, and God this and God that, but, you know, for so many of us, it's, uh, it's very vague, it's fleeting, it's kind of part of our own understanding of God. But, uh, Marie, what I'd like you to do is, as we warm up, why don't you take us back to, uh, to the beginning of your um, of your bottom, maybe what led up to your bottom. Tell us a little bit about your um, um, your first efforts to get better. Take us back there, would you? Well, my first efforts to get better happened uh, when 
there was a lot of conflict and tension with my husband and we had just had a move. We were living with my mother-in-law temporarily and there was just a lot of tension. And one night I had um, too much to drink and was arguing with him, with my husband and saying stuff. And anyway, I don't really remember all that was said, but the next day my husband was um, visibly upset about what had happened the night before. And it wasn't so much the drinking as it was what he saw. And he told me that he felt like something evil had taken over my, my body and that my voice was different that I said very evil, vile things that um, he didn't want to repeat, but it, it unnerved him. And he was concerned that I was exposing myself to darkness with my drinking. That you were possessed by an evil demonic spirit. He, he wouldn't have called it possession, but that I had definitely opened myself up to, to something evil. By doing that. <laughs> what what was his and everyone else who loved you? What was their solution? Uh, well, they wanted me to get some help. And um, the people in my life at that time didn't know a lot about AA or those kind of programs. I mean, my husband was aware of it because of my sharing with him what I went through as a teenager, as a child, actually, with my father being a drinker. Um but they said, you know, why don't you go talk to the counselor at our church? There they, it is. Yeah. So go to church. Me. Yep. We went to the church. Mm -hmm. we, we had a church we were involved in, and there was a professional counselor um, that had an office in the church and was there a couple days a week. But she also was in another town. So hold so. this thought. So the demon that was within you, that was possessing you, think about it. You think the demon was happy about going to the counselor at church? I don't think so. <laughs> no. Again, we're trying to open our mind. There was something going on, man. I mean, you know, maybe you didn't know it, but your husband saw it. There was some demon going on. And, and in their desperation, and those who loved you, they wanted to get some help. And obviously the default was was something good, was was God, was the church. Mm -hmm. yep. Yeah. Yeah. Did anything happen in those early uh, visits with the counselor over there at the uh, the church that were just kind of bizarre, just kind of unusual? Um, nothing that was bizarre during that time, but we did have an official evening of deliverance. So there was a night that was scheduled. I just happened to remember that it was a Friday night, September 18th. And um, I was to go to her office that night where we were going to, and I didn't know what to expect. What does this mean that we're going to have a deliverance prayer time? Um, I didn't, you know, I was raised Catholic. I'm picturing exorcisms and crazy stuff. Or like happened. a seance or what was this? <laughs> yeah, holy was this? water. I didn't know. Wow. So describe yeah. it. What happened? What was the deliverance uh, um, the ceremony? The session it? was really just her um, going through things. Uh, we prayed and opened the time up to God to just show us where those things were, what those things in oh. my life were right. that I needed deliverance from. And obviously we covered alcohol. It was just one of a few things. Um, All right. So, the, so it wasn't that big of a deal. It wasn't. No, it wasn't anything paranormal or anything where I even felt like something shifted for me. Mm -hmm. But we had that evening in September and 
it wasn't long after when I was in big trouble. Interesting. Now, if you're just joining us, my name is Toby C. The name of the show is called The Fourth Dimension with Toby C. <clears throat> we're here with Marie B., and we're talking about the subject, like all of our shows, evil, demonic, satanic resistance that many of us encounter and experience in early recovery, although we don't know it at the time. We That's really right. don't. And, uh, and so we're just trying to be calm and objective and open-minded going back and trying to, uh, to try to take a different look at what was going on not long after uh, this um, this introduction and this experience with this counselor at your church, um, you had a really incredibly demonic dream, didn't you? Uh, yes. Why don't you describe that to us? That was, it was actually um, after my husband told me about how I my voice changed and I scared him to death. Um, and he wanted me to go to the woman at the church. But... Um, uh, and I was willing, but a couple nights later is when I had this really awful dream, the worst dream I've ever had. And it was it just had everything you could possibly think of evil, rats, um, snakes, and a lot of just a lot of really gross sexual stuff in it. Mm -hmm. I woke up really upset and scared. Mm -hmm. And then I thought of my husband's words, which was, I, I really believe you've opened yourself up to something evil and dark. Interesting. When, when you had this dream, had you been to the counselor at the church yet, or was this before you went? Um, that was before I went. It was almost like the two things, my husband and that dream was okay, wait a the second. catapult. So this is beautiful. Wait a second. But did your husband already plant the idea in your in your head that maybe we need to go ahead and do something about this? And and were you already thinking about maybe going to the church and, and visiting the counselor? Had this thought already entered your mind? Um, yes, my husband said, I think you need to reach out to ah, someone at church. So there it is. So, so so there it is. Yeah. I asked you kind of in jest, but it's really true. You know, maybe the demon inside you knew knew, you know, the gig was up. <laughs> what do you think? You know, I mean, something really happened, man. You got opened up to uh, a real, uh, a real fantastic, uh, terrifying, um, evil enlightenment. Yeah. It was and either a scare tactic I'm, to shut me down. I mean, it was, I mean, it, I it, was as, it was as that. evil as your imagination would allow it to go, wasn't it? Absolutely. In fact, worse than I it thought my worse. imagination could do, ever. How it interesting. Was, it was pretty bad. And um, you also had another kind of strange experience um, not long after that. Um, you, uh, you experienced an apparition, didn't you? Or, yes. or some kind of a well, energy. Tell that, us about that. That one, that was quite a few years later. It was after the deliverance time with my um, therapist that a month and a half later is when I got the DUI. And I, it was a miracle that I survived. And unfortunately, also a miracle my children survived. I had twin two-year-old toddlers in the car with me. So, so tell us about this real quick before the before we break here. Mm-hmm. Tell us about your DUI and this this, um, this terrible experience, real quick. Um, there was 
just um, a day of just absolute despair. And even though I was going to this counselor and had even believed that a deliverance had occurred, it was um, unrelentless. Um, just it was just relentless to the torture. And I drank um, that day, and I don't remember leaving the house. I definitely don't remember putting my children in the car. I did buckle on by the grace of God, because mm -hmm. that's how they survived. But I ended up with the DUI, and my counselor, and mm -hmm. I had to do a couple of days in jail because of and, the holiday. But and this is early recovery, right? Oh, Marie? yeah. This yeah. is early recovery, mm -hmm. and, and, and we still, despite knowing better, we're, we're still um, willing to put our children in danger and put our lives and other people in danger and put our sanity and everything at risk. Yeah. And if that's not if that's not the devil, if that's not evil. Oh. You know? So so what is, listeners yeah. before we before we hit the break here, okay, keep an open mind that uh, you know that there's another player involved, okay? And and the player is uh, you can call it whatever you want. We're going to be back with Marie B. My name is Toby C. The name of the show is called The Fourth Dimension. We're talking about evil resistance that many people, including Marie B., experience in early recovery. Be right back. If you enjoy our message, then please visit us at itmtoby.com. the imagination to take us places we might be afraid to go. You are entering the fourth dimension with Toby C. There is no such thing as coincidences. Here's Toby. Hey, listen, if you're just joining us, it's Toby C. Name of the show is called The Fourth Dimension. We're here with Marie B. Talking about evil resistance that so many of us encounter in early recovery. And, and by the way, Listen, we're not talking about God too much during this show, uh, and it's a two-hour show, by the way. We're going to be talking about the antithesis of God, the devil. But listen, we're going to have a, a healthy, balanced, objective outlook on what's going on with evil, okay? Because don't forget, you know, uh, we want to stay out of extreme behavior, and to disbelieve in the existence of evil is extreme behavior, okay? And the other type of extreme behavior is to have an excessive, unhealthy interest in evil, which we don't have. I don't have a, an excessive, unhealthy interest in evil. Do you, Marie? I do not. <laughs> let's keep it that way. Just a healthy respect. Right. So nonetheless, so let's go back. You're, you had this deliverance session with this counselor at your, your, your faith-based Christian mm -hmm. uh, church mm -hmm. organization, and, and it, was like, uh, it was like an exorcism. A lot of it was auto-suggestion, self-talk, mantras, just the whole deal. Mm -hmm. And and it was a good. You were really stirring up a a real good healthy energy, weren't you? Yeah, uh, we were uh, just covering a lot of different areas. A lot of it was um, her leading and me just repeating. If I was in agreement with the words, not just like mindless repeating. Um, but then also her, she got my history, and it for her knowing that. There was a lot of um, alcoholism in my father's family, all of my uncles and my dad and my grandfather. 
um, that was interest. She was interested in that because there's what in a lot of us believe is there that there's generational sin or um, uh, curses, and that the sins of our fathers get passed down generation yeah. to generation. That kind of idea. Let me ask you this: Was the counselor in one way or another? trying to get you really to surrender your life and your will over to God. Absolutely, on right. every level. But but she or he? She. But she didn't really just say it in those terms, did she? It was more in, in a, do you believe this, and are you willing to do that, and, and the mm-hmm. whole deal. You were making an agreement. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah. did you, uh, what do you think? Did you completely commit to the agreement? Did you completely surrender to the agreement, or was there some hesitancy, some reservation? Uh, I actually thought that I was honest and legit. Like this, this is it. This is, I, I've covered all of this stuff and my dad, my husband's words, you know, just how were haunting me that my voice changed. I mean, that scared me. That scared me. And the fear on my husband's face it is. said a lot. <clears throat> And so I, I wanted to be set free. I couldn't feel. It wasn't like, um, you know, a, a spiritual experience where I was feeling anything different or a change. But I just walked out in the belief and the conviction that something had. And uh, um, I think the problem, because I've, I've, I've meditated on this. Trust me, when I was sitting in jail a month and a half later, yeah, I was meditating on what happened in September. That's what that's what we're trying to explore right yeah. now, Marie. How, what how did happened? I get here? So so and and so uh so and so there it was. You couldn't you know let me ask you this. Did you think that there was two Marie's finally? Did you conclude that maybe there was a real evil, uncontrollable Marie that uh that 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 now was real and your husband saw it? Mm-hmm. And you've witnessed the wreckage, the wreckage of it during your blackouts, mm-hmm. your blackout drinking. So you probably concluded that yeah, there there is a maybe an evil side, but but were you completely convinced that only God could relieve this evil only if He were sought? Were you completely one hundred percent resigned and convinced with that kind of conviction? What I, do you think? Um, I was absolutely convinced there was no other answer that. Only, only by the my my Christian faith is that Jesus is God. So for me, it was only by the blood of Jesus I was going to be set free. And when I walked out of there, I full on believed that I was good and covered. But you and weren't. You were vulnerable, right? I was vulnerable. But what I what I concluded when I was sitting in jail mm-hmm. um, was that I didn't walk out the. I didn't do anything to speak the truth of the deliverance over me or or walk in the conviction of it on a daily basis. I looked at it as a one and done. Interesting. Oh, it's done. You take the words right out of my mouth. You Mm -hmm. were convinced, but you weren't, you didn't have conviction. How about that? Yeah. You believed, but maybe the, the depth and the breadth of your, of your belief wasn't wasn't sufficient to protect you against evil. And by the way, mm-hmm. when we return after the break, we're going to be talking about you know a couple bumps in the road, like so many of us encounter. 
And if we're not careful, you know, these bumps in the road can be can be uh, traumatic and devastating and, and life-changing. So we're going to be back after this break with Marie B. My name's Toby C. The name of the show is called The Fourth Dimension. We talk about evil resistance that so many of us encounter during our earliest efforts at recovery. So stand by. It's going to get really good when we come back. Stand by. <laughs> Visit us at itmtoby.com. Making sense out of nonsense. Making you as curious and uncomfortable as possible with the truth. You've landed in the fourth dimension with Toby C. We're here with Marie B. Hi, Marie. Hi, Toby. It's going to be a long segment, man. But uh, you know what? Before we get into this, hey, if you're just joining us, it's called The Fourth Dimension with Toby C. We talk about evil resistance that so many people encounter during their earliest attempts to get better in recovery, whatever you're recovering from. You know, you may hear Marie and me talk about maybe drug and alcohol abuse or whatever. But hey, listen, if it's compulsive shopping, if it's overeating, if it's gambling, if it's deviant sex, whatever, whatever obsession you're doing and acting out with that's making your life unmanageable, you know, that's who we're trying to reach out to. Because I swear to God, and Marie can attest to this, whatever you're suffering from, that's right what the devil wants you. He wants you to suffer. And the moment you try to emerge from that suffering, watch out, okay? Because we're vulnerable, you know. Mm. Your vulnerability started when you were younger, man. You know, you're, tell us just a quick, you know, a background about your family, real quick, and 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 uh, and your earliest memories of, of alcoholism and alcohol abuse and self will and riot. Yeah. Well, I was born the oldest of four kids in a Catholic Irish Catholic family, which um, included a lot of drinking. So my dad was a heavy drinker, um, but I didn't know that it was a problem until I reached adolescence. And when my dad uh, made a, his first attempt to get sober, he was in AA. And once he started AA, my mom started Al-Anon, and my sister and I were going to Alateen. This would have been like seventh, eighth grade for me. And I had two younger brother, a brother and sister who were doing Alatot. So we were very immersed in the program. Got the whole family. Mm-hmm. We were. How'd you feel about that? Well, I um, uh, already felt a lot of discomfort just in adolescence because of all of the peer pressure and things like that. So I, I did not like getting picked up on Wednesday nights to go to Alateen. It was kind of a source of shame for me. It is. Um, so, so really from the earliest memories of, of, of kind of what's going on, already you're suffering from shame mm-hmm. and identification issues, right? Yes. There it is. You know, you, you knew you knew deep down inside you had to do it, but you didn't like it, did you? 
I didn't like it, but I wanted to be supportive of what was of, of my dad. So, so fast forward, you're sitting there with this, uh, this counselor at church. Mm-hmm. You know what you need to do. Yes. But did you really deep down inside really want to do it? Was there some, something holding you back? Looking back now, Marie, you know, was there some hesitancy that still had to do with, with, the, with maybe anger and identification and shame? What do you think? Um, I think that I, my confusion as a young person, uh, especially because my mom was very, um, my mom was really big about teaching us about God. So I never understood, well, if God's so big and hel- and helps us, then why is my dad like this? So for me, when I'm with that counselor, the confusion is, why has God's always been a part of my life? Why why am I having this problem? And not, I didn't want to be like my dad. I didn't want to have to walk through that myself. Um, so there was definite shame and um, pain over that. So I believed that I could get, that I believed, okay, I'm going to do this deliverance. We're going to take care of what I believed to be evil that I had opened myself up to. And I wanted to close the door. That's what deliverance is, is closing the door. I love it. So here's the deal, though. You're willing to do something, but you didn't know why. There it was. You didn't know why, did you, Marie? You didn't know really why you were going to Alateen and why your family had this problem with alcoholism. Nobody bothered to answer that question. You know, uh, it's fine. We can go ahead and accept our con- our condition and being possessed by evil and all that. But at the end of the day, a lot of us fail to get the answers to why. Mm-hmm. And that still eluded you, didn't it, Marie? It did. You didn't. Yeah. And let me ask you this. You know, in the 12-step program, that's why there's a 12-step program. And in the fourth step, we clean house. And, you know, Mm -hmm. I like to say we get all the answers to why. Was there a similar offering from this this deliverance program? Did did this deliverance program, did it help you answer the questions of why? It didn't help answer why. And because I didn't get any coaching or uh, counsel, and I'm not saying this to her, against her no but i not nothing that mm-hmm. said what i needed to daily do mm-hmm. um like i said i thought it was one and done and so it there didn't it take it didn't right. take long for those voices to yes. pop back up in my head Perfect. oh who do you think you are i love oh, it you, you know you're just like your dad there you go you're no, not going to be free from this that's it just the devil over and over that was the devil wasn't mm-hmm. it man yeah those voices and it felt like and, it was uh, hitting me fast and furious after the deliverance. There it, it is. It was worse. The, sure. Oh, the deliverance was, man, you, 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 you tried to kick the demon out of your house, but you didn't completely sweep it clean, did you? And the reason why is there was hesitancy. And the hesitancy now looking back, oh, this is beautiful. The hesitancy was, was what? Was the um, was the was the anger, and the identification, and the fact that you never really got the answers to why? There mm-hmm. it was, and there was the hesitancy. I'm willing to do this. 
You tell me that this is what I'm all about. This is you're telling me this is what we got to do to take care of it. I'm willing to do the deal, and we did the deal. But Marie, did you get the answers to why? No. There it is. And I think deep down, I, I don't know that I truly believed that God could do this. I, I so my dad, my dad did not drink for the it. last thirty years of his life, but he yeah. wasn't. Uh, so happy. there it is. That that little bit of of hesitancy, that little bit of reservation is exactly where the devil wants us, okay? Mm-hmm. Perfect, okay? So so you're vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And and you had some some bad luck befall you. Describe that to us. With the DUI just yep, there was a morning where um, How long after the deliverance uh well, exercises was uh was, did this happen? Well, that was September 18th, and I got the DUI on November 10th. I only remember that because the courts were closed on the 11th, wow. so I had to do two nights in jail. So not long after that happened pretty uh, quick, no, did it? No, it was really fast, and I was completely, completely beside myself with what happened. Didn't see that one coming, did you, Marie? I didn't see it coming at all, and it was a horrific experience, The that particular um area the police just had a lot of contempt and they showed it the way that they treated me and i ended up being handcuffed in an orange jumper i'm handcuffed to two guys in tattoos with missing teeth licking their lips while they look at me while i get ushered into the courtroom to face the judge i mean it was horrible it was a nightmare i couldn't believe how how did i end up here how many kids were in the car with your dui that was um, my two two of the kids. I was on my way to pick up two kids who were at school. That yeah. the twins they were toddlers at the time, like not even they had just turned two. So what happened to the deliverance, Marie? That was what happened. That's you know, the question I'll of the you, hour. I'll tell you what. Check <laughs> this out. Is it possible, Marie, that you were delivered? <clears throat> oh yes, you were delivered. But you were not safely guarded and protected in the bosom of Abraham, were you? <laughs> you weren't, were you? Right. You were vulnerable. You were a sitting duck, man, and you didn't know mm-hmm. it. Yeah. You really needed the protection of God more than ever because you you ran to God. You ran to God. You ran to the council of the church. You knew what you needed to do. You put on your track shoes and you ran there. Mm-hmm. And you, you said, help me. I'll do anything. Deliver me. Yeah. But I you did. didn't let go, absolutely, did you? And there was a price to pay for that uh, lack of commitment, wasn't there? Yeah, and it was a, a big price. Oh, man, it was huge. It was huge. And, uh, you know, looking back, by the way, if you're just joining us during this exciting segment, I'm, uh, I'm Toby C. The name of the show is called The Fourth Dimension, and I'm just the host, the host of the ghost. We're talking about <laughs> ghost stories with Marie. And uh, we're talking about... Uh, the presence of evil in mm-hmm. early recovery. We're talking about the presence of evil when Marie was really trying to get a handle on this thing, mm-hmm. uh, however she could do it. But she wasn't really in a program that gave you an unshakable foundation. Mm-hmm. You didn't really have a game plan. You just kind of thought that uh, they had expunged and expelled the demon, and mm-hmm. ah, you're and good off to I go. go. All right, yep. going to go for another another ten years or fifty thousand miles or. That's right. Right on. And it just didn't work out that way. Mm -mm. How interesting. So were there any other bizarre experiences um, that that you can drudge up besides this unexpected DUI? And uh, think about it, Marie. 
right around that same period where there's some some discouraging things happening did that did people turn their back away from you and did opportunities disappear from you and you know mm-hmm. you talked about one of your big fears was the r word rejection, rejection. and did you yep. experience rejection during this period Absolutely. Describe yes. it. Describe it. Um, well, uh, my counselor, she really beefed up her game. Like this, this was an attack from the enemies. He's out. He wants to kill, still, and destroy. And this was an attempt to kill you. And um, so she kind of beefed up her counseling efforts. But so, um, what do you want to do? Did she want to reprogram you and tie you down and and get all this incense and all these crucifixes out? No. What did she want to do? No, yeah. I think that she. That was when she just realized that I needed to go into a treatment center and do something that was um, and, and encouraging me to do the program, which I was already going to get into AA because I I had to for my legal requirements, but I found so much peace when I was in AA meetings. And the rejection for me was, unfortunately, just people in church, a couple of friends that I had confided in about what was happening with me. It they, I don't think they knew what to do with me. And I'm telling you to be a woman who drives a vehicle with your children in the car, I've discovered very quick was like a form of leprosy, a modern day leprosy. And I was never going to let anybody know about that. Shameful behavior, wasn't it? Yeah. More shame, more shame, <laughs> more, more shame, rejection. More rejection. Came by you the know, dump and, and, and how interesting, you know, we're going to finish up this first hour next segment by really talking about kind of the mixed messages a lot of us get in in ecumenical-based recovery, okay? Mm-hmm. And uh, in the 12-step program, we come to conclude that many of us may be suffering from an illness which only a spiritual experience will conquer, okay? And that spiritual experience is, is for us to move away from self-consciousness and acquire something called God-consciousness. Mm-hmm. And quite often, there's something that wants to block us from acquiring that God-consciousness. And it can also, uh, it can also include a, a baffling, confusing, mixed message from people who are faith-based who are supposed to be leading us in the right direction. Right, Marie? Absolutely. Okay, yep. we're going we're gonna to be right back. Final segment of Hour One with Marie B. I'm Toby C. The name of the show is called The Fourth Dimension, host of The Ghost. We're going to wrap it up with Marie B. Be right back. Stand by. <laughs> message, then please visit us at itmtoby.com. Are you feeling a little uncomfortable? Then you're right where you belong, in the fourth dimension with Toby C. Well, Marie... I was going to start to rattle off a bunch of Twilight Zone quotes, but uh, I want to get, I want to mash it out with you because this is our last segment for this hour. And it's going to be a two hour show, by the way. But, um, you know, when you were told that you were possessed and you believed that you were possessed, right? You were, and uh, you went to your church counselor 
and you were in this deliverance program, um, there were stories, you, you knew of people who were really, they were saved, they were delivered in this program. What was the name of the program, the domestic what? Oh, we call it um, a Damascus Road experience. The Damascus yeah. Road experience. Because of a story in the Bible where Paul was struck blind, and then he immediately converted to, from Judaism to believing in Jesus. So it's called the Damascus Road. I love it. And and, and by the way, in 12-step recovery or in, in recovery in general, a lot of people have talk about being struck sober. Uh-huh. So there it is. So the Damascus Road experience. Yeah. But uh, was that your experience, Marie? No. Okay. Not at all. That's fine. And it's not fine. But looking back, come on, we kind of know what was going on here. First of all, you never got the answers to why, did you, in the, the deliverance deal? No. It was kind of just accepted and get over it and God's going to love you and expel this demon and you're good to go. So you never got the answers to why, Mm-mm. right? And did they give you a daily maintenance program no did they give you a design for living that actually works when when all hell is breaking loose no no did they give you a design for living that when you got your feelings hurt or you're at an emotional low or things just weren't working out that you could have a support group and a support system and you could overcome these these obstacles no absolutely right. not so you you're on your own yeah you're on your own yeah and uh, you're vulnerable and uh, mm-hmm. you made some bad decisions, mm-hmm. and evil amplified those decisions. Yes. And uh, there it was. In our program, the 12-step program, they talk about a uh, that we get a daily reprieve from this evil, which is contingent upon the maintenance of our spiritual condition. What happened? You never, you never got the, you never got the, uh, the maintenance program. You never got the answers to why. There it was. Right. So, needless to say, Marie, if I were to ask you, if you had it to do all over again, Marie, <laughs> what would you do different? Well, you know, and easier said than done. Okay. Yeah. Try to find somebody to give me the answers to why instead of just telling me that I'm possessed and I need an exorcism. Yeah. And maybe find a life coach who could kind of give me some, some tools and some directions. And, mm-hmm. um, and you found that, didn't you, finally? I did, yeah. yes. I, I found an amazing AA group. My home group up in Washington um, was a godsend and very loving, warm, supportive group of um, people. And I was having to pack my my twins to those meetings every day, sometimes twice a day, but I would just get the kids and go, and we'd go to those meetings. And did you get a sponsor? And got a sponsor. And did you and do all the, the work and do the steps? Mm-hmm, yep. And did you get, if not all of them, did you get some of the answers to why, Marie? Did you? Think I, about it. I, I was more rejoicing in seeing the promises I was skeptical of the promises, but when I started to see them happening for me, they always said, stay for the miracle, and I'd stay for the miracle. The answers to the why was that I needed something to work out the deliverance, and which I have comprehension for in that I know that 
I even know as a Christian that salvation is a prayer, yes, but we it actually says that we are to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. So you don't look at it as one and done and then go live your crazy life. You yeah. work it out. So that concept worked for me afterwards to Interesting. say, oh, I work out my deliverance. Thank you. So what you're talking about is faith without works is, is dead. dead. There yes. it is. Yep. And maybe looking back, that could have made the difference. You weren't working a program after the deliverance, were you? No. You weren't exercising and working your faith, were you? I wasn't. Yeah. There it is. I wasn't so, working my faith. And um, you know, easier said than done, but there's different ways and different demonstrations of of working our faith. Uh, some of them is in service work. Mm-hmm. Some of the, those demonstrations are in the form of of communal connection with the group and and just daily interaction and and commitment and involvement. Yeah, as silly yeah. as it seems, I told you about the rejection I was feeling from a few friends in the church. I was amazed that I was asked to make coffee when I got to AA. Would you like to take a commitment? Oh, cool. it, as silly as that sounds, because I was dealing with rejection from other areas of my life, and they were embracing me, not just loving me, but actually giving me a responsibility. So the antithesis, the opposite of rejection is unity, mm-hmm. and you are experiencing unity. And again, going back to the very beginning after the deliverance exercises, okay, did they tell you to go out there and start practicing unity and, and look for somebody to work with, Marie? Did they tell you to go out there and find somebody to put your arm around and, and give them a hug and say, you don't ever have to be alone again. You don't ever have to drink again. Did you ever get that memo, Marie? No, I certainly there it didn't. Is. There it is. And... and and how interesting, you know, it's a numbers game, listeners, you know, as we wrap up this hour, you know, there is no wrong way to get sober. There's difficult ways and there's easy ways. The easiest way for many of us is to hit bottom and get the tar knocked out of us and be completely undistracted mm-hmm. because, you know, hey, if the devil, if the devil can't make you bad, he'll make you busy, you know, and he wants to distract you. You know, children will be distraction. That's for sure. You got four kids, don't you? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and that was a big distraction, mm-hmm. staying focused on um, on still paying attention to yourself mm-hmm. and paying attention to those about you in a healthy, balanced way. Absolutely. Oh, interesting. I want to thank you so much for, for joining us for Hour One. Hey, this is really a very interesting little journey back in time. We just we tried to be open-minded and calm and objective, but lo and behold, we were able to identify your ghost story, weren't we? Yeah. We were able to identify the demon that uh, that it, that was sitting there the entire time, and you almost got him out of your house, but not entirely. How interesting. We're going to be back with Hour 2 with Marie. We're going to keep talking about recovery and keep mashing out interesting little nuggets of, of testimony about evil resistance mm-hmm. that so many of us experience in early recovery. I'm Toby C. The name of the show is The Fourth Dimension. Loving it here. Hour one with Marie B. Wrapping it up. Thank you again, Marie. Thank you, Toby. I appreciate being here. Over and out. message, then please 
visit us at itmtoby.com. Welcome to the Fourth Dimension with Toby C., where participants dare to disclose bizarre experiences that occur in early recovery, the battle between good and evil, of God and of the occult, the psychic challenges we all encounter when trying to do the right thing. Now, here's Toby. Now, here's Toby. Welcome back for Hour 2 of the Fourth Dimension with Toby C., Back with Marie B. Hi, Marie. Hi, Toby. It's good to see you all of 10 minutes ago. Yep. Yeah. Hey, if you're just joining us, The Fourth Dimension is just another recovery show, but this one's kind of different. It's a concept show. The concept is that we don't talk about uh, Adam and Eve. We don't talk about uh, the Garden of Eden. We don't talk about the apple, the forbidden fruit. We're here to talk about the snake. What an interesting topic, huh? The topic. You're, we're not here to really talk about uh, God did for me what I couldn't do for myself looking back and blah, blah, blah. We're here to take a calm, objective look back at early recovery that so many of us experience and try to pinpoint and put our finger on something called evil resistance that so many of us experience in recovery. And Marie B is no exception, are you, Marie? No, I think yeah. not. You know, if you look, if you joined us last hour, man, it was a doozy. And as are most of our stories, you know, if we're really calm and open-minded and objective, we all have interesting little ghost stories, don't we? It appears that way, yeah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> hey, so tell us a, um, another, you know, by the way, just to kind of recap last hour, uh, and I don't want to dwell on it, but uh, you really sought um, relief from a, a spiritual center, an ecumenical uh, Christian faith-based um, uh, center of your worship, of your family's faith, of your faith, and you went through something called a deliverance yes. program. Yeah, Was it called a deliverance program or deliverance ceremony or deliverance prayer? Or what was it exactly? Describe it. It was just called a deliverance that my... Uh, counselor had organized and put on the books. Mm -hmm. So we, I knew coming into it the was evening it, I was doing it. And it was just one person doing, doing the prayer or was it multiple people, just one person? It was just one person okay. in this situation. Mm -hmm. But I know there are, there mm -hmm. are deliverance programs that use a, more than one person. And at the end of this ceremony, this prayer, this program... Did you feel different? Did you did you experience some kind of a of a of a tingling sensation, some kind of a feeling, some kind of a psychic change, however so subtle? What do you think? Uh, nothing like a physical sensation, but I did walk out just feeling relieved because it involved a lot of um, confession and prayer that left me coming out. Okay, I've covered everything. We've done this. So you opened up the the house and. And you got rid of a few demons, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Cleaning house is a good analogy. But you didn't get rid of all the demons, did you? That's why we're talking about this. And again, listeners, yeah. if you we're bringing this thing up from last hour. Because this program, The Fourth Dimension, is really, among other things, talking about a higher level of planular thinking where we really open our mind to the presence of evil 
and um, especially when evil uh, presents itself and interferes with our our attempts to get better, right? Mm -hmm. And and by the way, you know we're here not to put the the devil at the center of this thing, but but the figure of the devil, the figure of Satan, the the figure of the angel of darkness, whatever you want to call this negative paranormal energy, okay, the figure is indispensable to understanding the mysteries of faith. That's right. That's right. And that's why I we're going to really get into this this hour because Marie and I made a discovery last hour of, uh, of, of we may have done this or we may have done that, but we never got the answers to why. Remember, Marie? That's right. Never got the answers to why. Mm-hmm. Ah, and by the way, no pun intended, by the way, okay, <laughs> Hey, um, if you really trust God and clean house and do it properly, you get all the answers to why. There it is. It's about mm-hmm. letting go absolutely, remember? Yes. And, uh, and we also touched on the fact that, that even though you had this, 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 this wonderful experience, you really got a lot, you really got a load off your shoulders, there, there, it wasn't completely a cleaned house, was it? What do you think? Mm, no. It yeah. was um, me uh, not walking out a daily surrender. I, I left thinking, this is one and done. I'm good. Right, right. We talked about this. Yes. And, and there was no maintenance program. That's right. Uh, per se. That's right. <sighs> so let's not get too deep in it, okay? Right. But, you know, fast forward now, you know, um, you had another experience Mm-hmm. Uh, out on the uh, the avocado ranch there. Uh, yeah. Tell us a little bit about that <laughs> wonderful experience. Okay, so this is after several years of sobriety, after what had happened from the deliverance. Um, and now we are living in California, and one night uh, around when the sun was going down, the kids, my younger, I have twins, they were eight years old at the time, they came running in the house and said, Mom, there's a man out there. And they were pretty shook up. So I went outside to look, and there was still enough sunlight to see that there was nobody on our property. And there's there's nowhere to go on our property. So for someone to be down there by the um, our grassy area was just inexplicable. But I they were scared. And I said, what did the man look like? And they said he was wearing this long coat, like a trench coat, and a top hat. So I, I pulled up a picture of like the hat and the coat and said like this. And so picture like a, I don't know, like a guy in the 30s or something. Yeah, that was the picture that they told me. And I didn't want them to be scared, but I just said, well, who knows? It might have just been something in the trees. And I just kind of downplayed it, redirected them and got, got them. They were fine. I don't even know if they would remember how the situation Um, but what unnerved me about it was that I was drinking again, secretly, the family didn't know, and I was struggling with it and trying to get a grip on this. And, uh, the image of this man in the trench coat and the top hat immediately took me to the stories that my dad had told us kids about his experience growing up in a farmhouse where there was a lot of paranormal activity which my dad's family was just odd enough to think was normal. <laughs> they weren't real frightened by it. But one time I said, well, Dad, which story scared you the most? And he said, without a doubt, 
the day I was walking with my two dogs and I saw a man in a trench coat and a top hat and the two dogs bolted from me and I thought they were going to go attack the man, but the man put his hand down and they were they were licking. It looked like they were licking him, and he was petting them. Oh, interesting. So it scared my dad, and he turned around and ran. And I said, well, if you ran, then you don't know who. And he said there should never have been a man up by the house that far away from the main road. And my dogs not protecting me or staying at my side scared yeah. me to death. Okay, so you had two, two examples, two visuals described to you, one from your father, mm-hmm. one from your children. Mm-hmm. And later that night, after your children told you this story, what happened? And then I uh, was sleeping out on the couch. Uh, my husband was out of town. And I thought I heard a noise. The lights were off, and there was a little bit of moonlight coming in through the window, enough for me to see what looked like a man in a trench coat with a top hat walking right down the hallway. And I have family photos on the wall, and the shadow of the man definitely was cast over those pictures. How cool. Was this your first apparition you had ever witnessed? That I personally ever saw? Absolutely. Yeah, how interesting. So so there it was. So so evil revealed itself to you somehow. Mm-hmm. If 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 nothing more than your open mind and your imagination and is visual and you opened up your mind and your energy and you started paying attention attention to this dark, dark side of your imagination. And lo and behold, it manifests in, in the form of, of an apparition and revealed itself to you. Could that possibly have been what was going on? That there was a, that this just wasn't a random act. This was an act of, of darkness, of evil, that, that perhaps you opened up your mind and your energy to. What do you think, Marie? I absolutely believe that it was intentional and not random for it to coincide with my childhood story and images that my dad shared that the kids had just seen and then for me to see it and I'm secretly drinking and still struggling and thinking I'm going to take care of the problem and nobody needs to know. There you go. A a perfect example of a struggle in Mm -hmm. early sobriety. You were trying to get sober. Yep. You You were struggling you were in anger, you were in shame, you were still in this identification uh, battle. I mean, there's a lot going on. Yeah. And, um, and in the midst of all this, this, this battle with alcoholism mm-hmm. and, and, and some of the other negative things that were happening in your life, um, you really opened up your energy and your imagination to, to, to evil, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. it, it didn't, well, what, uh, I guess I emphasized it all the more was when a friend just randomly, knowing that I was struggling because I had a friend that I confided in, and she sent me this video, and she said, I don't know if I should send you this, but I wanted to. And it was a music video. I, I think it was a Christian song, but it was about evil personified. And in the video, it showed a man and they were singing about the man in the shadows. And the video was about a man addicted to drugs and alcohol and had chains on him and stuff. So when I saw the video, it freaked me out. There you go. There you go. So one more little footnote. You know, this was, this was almost like having a bad dream. And (laughs) and by the way, stick around later on in this program, we're going to talk about, you know, the mother of all bad dreams that Marie 
had because she opened up her mind and her energy and she allowed these things to happen. And we're going to tie this in to early recovery. But there it is. You know, there's a takeaway here. You know, if you're just joining us before we wrap it up for the, for the break here, um, this show is called The Fourth Dimension. It's talking about uh, evil resistance that so many of us experience in our earliest attempts at recovery. And we're not talking about early recovery. We're talking about early attempts at recovery. You know, the kind, the kind that we're, we're, we're completely polluted and we're trying to get better. You know, and there's something, there's something, and it's not an inside job, so sorry. There's something that wants to keep us in everlasting misery and hopelessness and uncertainty and fear. That's right. Right? Yes. Better believe it. You know, take a deep breath. All right. When we come back, we're going to go ahead and finish up the, the paranormal experience that Marie's had so that we can move into the mother of all nightmares that Marie's had. So there can be some kind of a takeaway message about, uh, about how we pursue spiritual energies and the respect or lack thereof in the pursuit of this relief from powerful spiritual energies. How about that? Okay, I'm going to be right back with Marie B. My name is Toby C. The name of the show is called The Fourth Dimension. It's a concept show about evil resistance that many of us experience in early recovery. We're going to be right back with Marie B. (laughs) If you enjoy our message, then please visit us at itmtoby.com. the imagination to take us places we might be afraid to go. You are entering the fourth dimension with Toby C. There is no such thing as coincidences. Here's Toby. Here's Toby. Toby and Marie B. Hi, Marie. Hi, Toby. Hey, check it out. If you're just joining us, you know, we're talking about the devil. We're talking about Satan. We're talking about the angel of darkness, talking about any negative paranormal energy you want to call it. But check it out. It's a balancing act, man. Life is a balancing act, and what you talk about and believe in is a balancing act. And I'll tell you, if you're in recovery, if you're at the bottom and you're trying to get better, you better be aware that there is only one who has all power, and that one is God. May you find him now, because only a God of your understanding, a power greater than yourself, is going to save your butt. But in the process of trying to save your butt by the assistance of a power greater than yourself, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> There's something out there that wants to that wants to interfere, and it's called evil. Okay, and um, and to disbelieve in the existence of evil um, is is a big mistake. All right, and to have an excessive, unhealthy interest in evil is a mistake. And all we're trying to do here in this show is we're trying to illuminate. Uh, evil in a in a respectful and objective um, way so that 
the relevance of a loving God of your understanding is not so abstract. How's that sound? Sounds good. All right. So now, Marie, you've had a, tell us a little bit more about your paranormal background. There's something going on here. Let's go back a little bit. Your family, your father, Mm -hmm. your uncles, they kind of, uh, they had a couple of ghosts that they, Mm -hmm. that they let hang around like the neighborhood feral cat that just wouldn't go away. They were cool with it. Just no big deal. They described it. Yep. And, uh, and then in, in uh, north of Seattle where you grew up, your, your, your family, your mother especially was aware of some, some, some paranormal uh, energy going on. Describe it. Describe what was going on. Uh, my mom would um, hear noises or would be in the kitchen doing dishes when she would hear something get knocked over in the living room. And this wasn't anything she was sharing with us kids. These are, this is all stuff I found out later. Um, But as a result of that, and because of my dad's drinking, and my mom also experiencing my dad speaking in uh, a different tone of voice, things that scared her, um, she decided to go to the local public library and research the history of my dad's house because a pastor had suggested to her that there might have been something going on. Hold that thought. Did you say your mother said that your father spoke in a different tone of voice? Yes. So are you describing that possibly your mother was witnessing in your father what your husband was witnessing in you? Mm-hmm. And that was a possessed spirit channeling an energy yes. and, 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 and a message. Yes, while under the influence. While yeah. under the influence of yep. king alcohol. There it is. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's right. Yep. So uh, my mom went and researched at the library about the history of this home that my dad was raised in and found out that there was a, the man that built the house, um, the woman he built the house for, that rejected him. And so he hung himself out in the barn. And a lot of the stories actually took place in the barn. So my mom looked into that and shared that with the pastor. And the pastor suggested that there might be some kind of evil spirit that's being passed down through the generations because all of my uncles and the two aunts all of them including my dad all had a problem with drinking interesting and this was a family family farmhouse yes where all nine children were raised my dad was the youngest there it is Mm -hmm. so the family had another family member that they weren't quite aware of I, I don't know if they were too drunk to care, but I just was shocked at how my dad just said, yeah, we just kind of lived with it. Right, They right. really didn't seem to care, and except for the story about Poncho and Spunky, his dogs. That yeah. scared him. And then in this house where you grew up, there was another spirit yeah. hanging around there from this tragedy of a... Yes, uh, from the alcohol in our home. Yeah, so my my mom was researching that and talking to a pastor because she was concerned about what she was hearing in our house and experiencing with my dad. And we were discussing it, you know, years later when I was married. And my sister then told me, I didn't know this at the time, and she said, oh, I know, I would hear things. I didn't like it. There were times that she was scared. And I said, I always thought you were just a scaredy cat. I didn't know you were actually experiencing stuff in our home. And they heard it coming from your room. My sister did, because her room was across the hall from mine. And she said, yeah, I could not stand it when you went and spent the night at your friend's house, because I could hear your waterbed moving. And it scared her because I had a waterbed and 
she did not like hearing that sound when I was gone. It scared her. Oh, interesting. So, Marie, do you think maybe you're in denial of the presence of an evil spirit at that time? You just didn't, I mean, you didn't care, you didn't know, it didn't really have any effect on you. Uh, was, part of uh, me thought, well, how come I don't get to hear or see this thing? <laughs> but but I didn't, it wasn't like I was searching for it. it I not, just thought maybe I was immune yeah. to it because I yeah. had greater faith. It was, an, it was no big deal. Just yeah. another coincidence looking back. Huh. <laughs> exactly. Okay, we're going to be right back with Marie B. I'm Toby C. Name Sorry. of the show, The Fourth Dimension. Evil resistance that many of us encounter in early recovery. Stand by, be right back. message, then please visit us at itmtoby.com. Making sense out of nonsense. Making you as curious and uncomfortable as possible with the truth. You've landed in the fourth dimension with Toby C., You know, I don't want to dwell on this deliverance thing that Marie went through, but I got to tell you, um, we're not here to give you demonstrations and illustrations of evil. You know, the devil is not to be demonstrated. The devil and Satan and evil are to be believed, okay? And that's the takeaway here with Marie and Toby in this show called The Fourth Dimension is to talk about evil resistance that many of us encounter, even though we don't know it at the time, when we're trying to get better. And, um, you know, this, this uh, deliverance thing, um, you know, that sounded to me like nothing short of an exorcism. You know, if you're trying to really expel a demon and you're trying to get struck sober or struck sane or struck, you know, holy... Whatever the deal is, man, it's it's an expunge, it's an expulsion, mm-hmm. and it um, and I'll tell you, if you dabble in the dark arts and you don't respect, you know, the Ouija board and the crystals and the tarot cards and you play with that stuff, I'm telling you, and you don't respect it, you can get hurt. And I'll tell you, the same stands to reason, doesn't it, Marie? That if we don't respect this pursuit of God consciousness. Right, and and if we're not willing to completely let go, absolutely, that we're in no man's land, and we're a sitting duck for more more evil experiences. You mentioned last segment, hey, this is great that you know my family and my father and uncles and my sister and my mother all having these groovy evil experiences that happen to be taken around place where I uh, sleep and I reside, and you asked the. You asked the evil three-letter question, why? Why didn't this happen to me? Uh, Maybe at that moment, Marie, you were really opening yourself up to bring it on. And it did bring it on, didn't it? You did get get a couple of wonderful, evil uh, experiences, Mm -hmm. didn't you? 
Yeah, I think in my asking why, it wasn't because I wanted to bring it on, but I just wondered, is there something, why can't I see that or understand that? And it, it's it. just that, yeah. It was, it was the most subtle of spiritual pursuits. You mm -hmm. wanted to know what, what can they see that I cannot. Isn't that, isn't that how we all kind of roll when, when we kind of move towards spiritual enlightenment and, yes. and, and, and moving in the right direction, sometimes the wrong direction, though, although we don't know it? Yeah. So you had this paranormal experience because you opened yourself up and you allowed yourself to, to, to have it. And, um, and looking back, You know, this deliverance ceremony, it was a very powerful turning point in your life, or it could have been. And could that possibly have been a turning point on, 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 on a road of more pain and suffering and misery for you? I actually, I, I see on the timeline that yes, the timing of things happening after the deliverance magnified the problem of drinking because now I have a DUI time in jail I'm in a program a treatment center intensive outpatient the whole shebang all of that came on the heels of the deliverance hey if you would have stayed away from the deliverance you know <laughs> it might not have been so bad hey My you know the, the point I'm trying to make here gang is um, don't take this God thing lightly okay mm -hmm. do not disrespect and take um the god thing lightly by taking the devil and satan and evil lightly okay you know satan and the devil wants you to to deny his existence its existence okay it wants you to marginalize that's one of the big words of the day minimize and 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 um and really set aside the relevance of Satan, okay? And, and in doing so, the importance of a God of our understanding doesn't exist, and that's exactly where he wants us. But I got to tell you, gang, you know, it's almost biblical, you know, we need to be alert and sober of mind. We need to be on our toes and really be alert mm -hmm. and of sober of mind because the devil prowls around, you know, like a lion, looking for a soul to devour. Yeah. And there is the deal. And so long as we're not alert, so long as we're not on our toes, so long as we're not paying attention to evil and we're accepting evil in an in a in a open-minded, ambivalent, disrespectful way, do we not Murray open ourselves up for more possible evil, fourth-dimensional, terrifying revelations? Exposures for sure. <laughs> oh yeah. Hey, by the way, if you're just joining us in the middle of this long segment, my name is Toby C. I'm here with Marie B. The name of the show is called The Fourth Dimension, and it is a recovery show, but it's a very it's a it's, it's a it's a different concept of a recovery show. We don't talk about God. We talk about evil. We talk about the relevance of evil in order to make uh, the mysteries of faith more real and more relevant and less abstract doesn't that make sense of course mm -hmm. it does yeah so marie you're still you know things are still tough for you um 
it's still a form of early sobriety for you, still a little bit. I mean, things are kind of moving along one day at a time. You're getting better. You had another terrifying experience, you know, something, something extraordinary, something unusual happened to you recently. Describe it to us. Yeah, recently um, when I've hit my place of that I can't continue to live like this, I need to get some help. And I put myself in another program, and within the first couple of weeks, I had a dream. I'm in a sober living home with some other women, and it was absolutely terrifying. I had a dream that I was putting on a choir robe, and... Um, I started to lift off the ground and I was screaming when I got slammed down to the ground. And then I was scared to get up because I didn't know what was happening, but I started to stand up again when I lifted off the ground again and found my, my neck shoved up against the ceiling and I was screaming. And then I woke up because I was literally screaming, not just in my dream. And it, it was so real and so terrifying that it, it just, I've never experienced anything like it before. It was as though it happened in my physical body. And one of the girls across the hall came over and was scared, you know, what's happening in here? Are you okay? Why are you screaming? And I said, I just had a bad dream. And I was sitting up and just, you know, just like in the movies, like breathing heavy and scared. And I said, just, I'm fine. I'm fine. It was just a bad dream. And, um, I didn't want to go back to sleep because my heart was racing. I, I could not go back to sleep after that. Well, you you minimized it for your roommates. You you knew this was more than just a bad dream. Absolutely. This was a bad experience. Yes. And and by the way, you know, the fourth dimension, which is the theme of our show, you know, which is evil resistance and early recovery, the fourth dimension is also where dreams take place. You know, we can let our minds and our imaginations go where we where we dare not go in a in a fear-driven survivalist three-dimensional world. Mm -hmm. We can allow ourselves to go into the most wonderful, blissful uh, Shangri-Las imaginable. And we can also given the right circumstances, allow ourselves to go into the most terrifying dark places. And you, you were taken into a terrifying dark place in the fourth dimension, Marie, weren't you? I was, and yeah. it got my attention. Um, All right. In other words, maybe that why, why doesn't any of this cool stuff ever happen to me? Uh, maybe you finally got, maybe you finally got the answer to why, you know, more than, more than you ever could have imagined when you were asking that, that ambivalent, why, why, do, why do you guys have all the fun? <laughs> oh, yeah. And, and, and little did you know. You know, yeah. let me ask you this. If you knew way back when how important um, the reliance upon a loving God of your understanding is, and if you understood the relevance and the presence of evil and how that's so closely tied to your misery and your suffering. If you'd been in touch with those, those principles and attitudes, do you think you could have completely let yourself go and surrendered 
during this deliverance ceremony? What do you think? That's an interesting question because um, I, when I was thinking about what in the world just happened to me and my life while I was sitting in jail, the thought had occurred to me that it was in my dad's desperation to stop drinking that he went to a, an evangelistic crusade and went forward and he was looking for a spiritual experience to fix this problem in his life. And it was after the crusade, when my dad went forward and did all the stuff up front at the altar, um, that his drinking got worse, that he was in an accident. That I mean, it, it was the worst we had ever seen. And it's what led to an intervention and him going to a treatment center. Hold that thought, Marie. There it is, gang. You just heard it. Ignorance is bliss, okay? If you have, if you, you know, what do they say? John 15, if you, if you don't know you have sin, then you have no sin. Okay. Uh, once you recognize that you got a problem and you want to do something about it, you better be willing to let go absolutely and surrender to that God of your understanding. Cause I'll tell you, if you're in no man's land, if you have any reservations whatsoever, man, and you let that demon back in your house that you just kicked out of your house. I think somewhere in Luke it says that he goes out there and rounds up seven other demons mm -hmm. and all eight of them come back to the house. And, and the sufferer is worse off than before. The mm -hmm. sufferer is worse off had they never gone to that altar and done that altar call. The sufferer is much better off had they never gone the ecumenical Christian route and pursued uh, some type of relief from a power greater than themselves that they, they choose to call God. It's not, so, so there's the takeaway, right, Marie? The takeaway is take this stuff serious because mm -hmm. if you don't take this God consciousness that we're trying to acquire, if you don't take this, this, this thing called sobriety serious, there's consequences, aren't there, Marie? And you've experienced some of these consequences. Toby's experienced some of these consequences. So many of us do, you know. We're trying to figure this thing out in early recovery. Mm -hmm. And I'm telling you, the takeaway here, we're going to finish up with our last segment coming up with Marie. But the takeaway is, don't take this, this relationship with the God of your understanding lightly. It should be the most important thing in your life. It's going to protect you and keep you in a place of neutrality, safe and protected. In the bosom of Abraham. I'm going to be right back. Toby C. with Marie B. The Fourth Dimension. Stand by. message, then please visit us at itmtoby.com. Are you feeling a little uncomfortable? Then you're right where you belong, in the fourth dimension with Toby C. Okay, we're back with Marie B. My name's Toby C. Name of the show, The Fourth Dimension. And we're talking about talking about Lucifer, we're talking about bad spirits, evil, bad luck, wicked, vile, nefarious. 
malevolent, depraved, sadistic. Any more words I can come up with? Satan. Hey, we're talking about evil resistance and early recovery. And I'll take away the 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 takeaway from this show, our two hours here with Marie B, is that uh, we got to take our relationship with God serious. And the best way to take our relationship with God serious is to take the presence and the existence of evil serious. How about that? And, um, and sometimes, even though we don't mean to, you know, we play around with the dark arts, we, we invite evil in whether it's in the evil three-letter question of why, or it's in the form of ambivalence, um, or just ignorance, not known any better. You know, you play with fire, you're going to get burned. But there it is. You know, so Marie, as we wrap it up here, um, what do you think you can do today and right now, if you haven't already been doing this, um, to really honor the presence of, of a loving God who you know is there for you and is going to protect you. He kept you long this life, you know, this long, right? So, so there must be a reason why, you know, you're here. And what do you think is... Do you think you're, you could have had a little softer journey if you had taken your relationship with God more serious and respected and honored that relationship with God? I think I would have had a different journey if I discovered earlier that God is a loving God. The God of my understanding for so long was more of the almighty smiter the big guy up in heaven with a whip. And so I don't know that I could have ever really gone deep in that kind of a relationship. So absolutely the shift in understanding that he is love, he's nothing but love, and his love for me is magnified. And I want to, so what I want to do is give back that love. And through um, through AA, I'm able to do that in service. I can help other people. We reach out to the newcomer, and currently I help volunteer at the at central office. And I find so much joy in just giving back. And I and I'm still part of a church community, and I serve in my church community. But giving back, and daily giving myself over to a loving God. And not just that he's loving, but that I'm worthy of his love. There's a lot of the self-esteem stuff and going on. So I had to get over a lot of rejection and recognize I'm not rejected. I'm fully accepted, fully loved. How interesting. That's the big shift for Mm -hmm. me. So God was always there. And you had a relationship with God and you had a faith. But it 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 was vague and it was and it was abstract it wasn't it wasn't real there was never the the real the real burning question why do i need this this protection of god why do i need this deep unshakable faith but but some of us have to get 
beaten down really low to get the answer to that why question. And the why is because there's the presence of evil. There's the presence of some demonic energy that just keeps baiting the trap and we spring it mm-hmm. and he amplifies it and, uh, and amplifies our misery. And there it is. And what a beautiful way to, uh, to overcome evil is to honor the antithesis of evil. And if we can't really let go absolutely yet in our minds and in our hearts, at least we can pay attention to the antithesis of evil and honor that, that beautiful, loving energy and serve it. Mm-hmm. Sure, service work, sure. Central office, or there's things called H&I hospitals and institutions where we take meetings uh, to prisons and rehab centers of people that just can't get out. Right. And uh, hospitals and, um, and other institutions. And, um, and certainly frequent attendance at the kinship of common suffering. That's another way of honoring a God of your understanding, isn't it? I'll tell you, I discovered that God reveals himself through the group. Mm-hmm. Have you discovered that, Marie? I have. Have you I've... discovered a loving God? Reveal? Yes. Has he revealed himself or she revealed him, herself <laughs> through the group to you? Have, you? have you experienced that loving energy? Yes, absolutely. I was part of a group where they always said, stay for the miracle. Stay for the miracle. And I just, I hear those words still in my head and I think I'm seeing the miracle. I'm experiencing the miracle. And um, the camaraderie and the, the love between everybody is, yeah. is huge. I'll tell you, you know, the group therapy, the group, the kinship of common suffering, the home group, the AA meeting group, whatever it is, okay? There is a loving God in there, you know, and, and I'll tell you the, there's nothing that can expel our deadly obsessions that keep us in suffering and misery. It's only a God of our understanding and gang really pay attention to evil, pay attention to Satan. Don't, don't minimize it, marginalize it. Don't treat it with ambivalence. Don't deny it, pay attention to it. And by doing so, the relevance and the importance and the power of a loving God, the protection of a loving God becomes so real. Mm-hmm. Doesn't it, Marie? Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's so real. Kind of like uh, this uh, this show, these two hours are really winding down. You know, <laughs> hey, I want to thank you so much for coming in. And what a cool experience um, um, you sharing your ghost stories with us. Some really interesting ghost stories. And hey, by the yeah. way, we all have ghost stories if we open up our minds to it, don't we? If we can calmly and objectively go back, we all have a ghost story, don't we, Marie? I think we all do. Yeah. Yeah. Let's and by the way, on. by the way, we all have the antithesis of a ghost story. We have things called God shots. Yes. We have things called God consciousness. Yeah. That's right. May you trudge the road of happy destiny until we meet again, my friends. Thank you so much, Marie, for for joining. Thank you, Toby. I appreciate it being here. It's been fun. All right. Come back soon. Anybody who's listening, hope you got a good takeaway message from Marie B. and Toby C. on the fourth dimension, talking about evil resistance in our earliest moments of recovery. God bless and come back soon. Over and out.
If you enjoy our message, then please visit us at itmtoby.com.